My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. All right, and welcome to the Oddscast podcast, the NFC South version of our NFL Summer Preview Series continuing. I'm Donnie DeLeo alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes, producer Corey. Um, I just wanted to say before uh, we get into the NFC South, uh, we are not making a statement on our Instagram. I don't know when we are going to release this podcast with everything that's going on. Um, we don't really have a big enough platform to, I think, make a difference. All of us personally, uh, you know where we're at because you probably follow us all personally um, and you know which side we're on and uh, hope everything is uh, calmed down soon and then we can see some real changes. But getting into the NFC well, South. I mean, we can say that we're an anti-racist podcast. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to speak for everyone. Yeah, definitely <laughs> fuck 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just felt that we needed to at least address it just because I think we're in a historic time and a lot of, uh, bad stuff's going on out there and we yeah. need to, uh, at least address it and not act like nothing's going on because even though we're privileged to not, um, have our lives really be affected in any kind of way, uh, as of yet, uh, we still are very awarely, uh, acutely aware of what's going on and, and we do stand in solidarity with those people. Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, NFC South. This is uh, our fifth edition of the NFL Summer Preview Series. Um, this division. I thought you froze there. I is, thought it was probably my suit. You know, probably, <laughs> probably the most newsworthy division because of what's going on with the Buccaneers. Tom Brady joining the uh, Bruce Arians in Tampa. Rob Gronkowski joining them as well. The odds have kind of changed from when that announcement was made. I think there was a lot of overbuying on the Buccaneers when the Brady announcement was made. The Saints were at one point plus money on all of the books, and now it looks like they're only plus money on one of the books, Bet MGM. Uh, how this podcast will go, we'll just go through each team. We've already done the AFC, NFC East, and the AFC, NFC North. You can listen to those on iTunes and Spotify. And we do post our best bets and uh, other analysis on our socials. But I just want to talk about the Buccaneers first because I think everybody is trying to gauge how good the Buccaneers will be. They were a seven-win team last year with Jameis Winston. He throws a record number of interceptions. Now they bring in a 42-year-old or whatever age he is, Tom Brady. Ageless. Ageless, yeah. And now a lot of money seems to be backing the Bucks. Now, Terry, you have been a believer in the Bucks even before they signed Tom Brady. I am. You hit you hit their futures, I think, to win the Super Bowl at 40 to 1. 50 to 1. Before the, 50 to 1. Sorry, I stand corrected. I'm a Buck lever. Before Brady himself. gets there, 50 to 1, he goes there. Now it's probably down to 12, 14 to 1, somewhere settled around there, depending on which book. Talk to me about why you like the Bucks outside of Brady first, and then we'll get into the Brady stuff after. Yes. Um, so I like the Bucks um, last year. Just I like Bruce Arians. I liked him with the Cardinals. I think he's a great head coach. He's a 
definitely a player's coach and he gets guys to buy in. Um, and if you just look at how they played last year, they were, they're in every, every game. Um, and their defense ended up being the top five, uh, DVOA Dom, Dom's favorite stat, um, in defense. So they have a really good defense and they have talent, uh, offensively. And I think, you know, if you look at what Jameis did, he threw 30 interceptions, and I think 12 fumbles. So it's, you know, it's over 40 turnovers. Um, and just puts his team behind the eight ball. And I think you get the complete 180. Um, and Tom, well, we're not talking about Brady, but basically it's the defense and the situation that the offense put him in, plus the offensive weapons. And then you have one of the better head coaches in the NFL, especially as a theme throughout our entire series is this COVID um, off season um, mm -hmm. where I think, you know, just having that head coach and having, you know, a lot of the same parts, um, in the team, obviously Tom Brady, new part, we're not sure, you know, it's going to take him some time to get accustomed, but I think, you know, once the playoffs start, it's, it's a good bet to have. Yeah. I I'm actually probably in the camp that the bucks will improve as the season goes on. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a slow start and lose some close games as they kind of figure out their offensive identity. Um, on the defensive front, I will say that the DVOA is, a little bit unbalanced in terms of their run defense versus their pass defense. They were known as like a run funnel team where all they would try to do is stop the run. Obviously it still works because overall their defense was very efficient last year, but led by Sue Edwards, Pierre Paul, the uh, like they have some big bodies up front. Their linebacking core is very good uh, led by Levante. David was one of the top coverage linebackers last year per PFF and their pass rushes is, is good too. So I think they're very balanced on defense on paper, but their defensive style leans more towards running, uh, you know, a run defense versus pass defense. But I do tend to agree with you that their defense is probably a little underrated, especially with Brady coming to the team and that being all the news. Joe, my, wait, my only comment with your run funnel defense, I know that's a scheme, but still like if you're always down in a game, you're going to you're going to lean towards the run. Yes. So, I I don't know how much you can really That's a good that's a good rebuttal. I, I like it. <laughs> because yeah, if they're if they're down in a game, they're going to have to stop the run and and switch things they're... back up and I do agree with that. So, but I I will say that they're you know, that's just something to flag if you're going to Talk about the DVOA. Yes, they were top five in DVOA last year, but they were um, tasked with stopping the run, and that might be just the the game plan and how it flew um, and just how much they were down in games and had to come back. But I will say yeah, that I mean, they're, they're good. They're good on all three facets of defense, pass rush, coverage, and run defense. You know, Shaquille yeah. Barrett is a, a very good top-tier edge rusher. Uh, Pierre Paul still has some gas left in the tank. And – on defense, they're good. Let's go to the offense, though. This is a team that, like we've said with Jameis Winston, a lot of interceptions, but Jameis did have a very uh, – I don't really know how to say this, but he threw – a ton of deep passes, exciting. Very explosive, very explosive offense. It, it was exciting. He threw some interceptions, threw some fun. touchdowns. Um, but these receivers are, um, I think they benefited a lot from just the aired out kind of Aryan style of offense. And now Joe, we get into a point with Brady who wasn't, who, who's, he may have been handicapped by 
McDaniels in New England. We know that there's been some well-documented uh, news articles that talk about how they didn't get along in terms of game planning. But Brady has not been the kind of aired out guy Arians that's liked in the past couple of years. Uh, what do you think of Brady coming to this team? And how do you think the style will be? And is it even in, in, comparison, in comparison to Jameis, are you kind of losing that edge you had on offense with being explosive, with putting in Brady? And even though he may uh, probably definitely will throw less turnovers or interceptions. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it like his yards per pass thrown compared to Winston, Winston was averaging 8.2, uh, you know, last year. And uh, Brady was like – so that was uh, like one of the top, like, distances in the league. And Brady was 30th with 6.6. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you're going to be looking at a different style of offense. But, I mean, part of, I think, why Winston was throwing the ball like that is because he wasn't a great decision maker. And, you know, when you're turning the ball over so many times, I think it totally affects your uh, – not only your defense's ability, but then also, you know, uh, your time of possession. I think you're going to see a little bit more methodical approach. I think you're going to see a little bit more of a lean on the run game. You're probably going to see a little bit more balanced attack. And I think that's going to open up some opportunities for, uh, you know, for Brady to distribute the ball. I think it's going to be very hard to double cover anyone on this offense – uh, at least from Brady's receiver's point of view. And I think he's going to be able to find the open guy and make the smart decision, uh, which I think is going to benefit um, both the offense and the defense in terms of times of possession. Um, but I think you're going to see a little bit slower, methodical approach to the offense than a just like haphazard, air it out type of offense. Yeah, I mean, this, this team has weapons, and Brady has not had weapons his last few years in New England. I mean, he had Julian yeah. Edelman. Uh, Chris Godwin's probably at this point in his career is a just better possession type receiver, uh, kind of, you know, slot receiver like um, Edelman was for him. I mean, outside of, yeah, outside of Gronk, the best receiver, he had Randy Moss for one year. Yeah, that's going way back. I'm talking well, yeah, about yeah, trying, yeah. To, trying to trying to scramble you know, around Nikhil Harry, Muhammad Sanu. Like those guys aren't uh, Godwin and Evans when it comes to winning one-on-one matchups. And yeah. these two guys were probably the best receiving duo in football last year. Uh, they add Rob Gronkowski, but they already had two good tight end weapons in O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. Um, and I don't know how they're going to use Gronkowski, whether it's just going to be a red zone target Obviously, they're going to try to protect him and his injury-prone um, yeah. style of play, especially where he is right now in his career. And then on the running back side of things, uh, they draft, I think it was Keyshawn Vaughn in the second or third round. Um, and there's weapons here, Terry. There really is. Uh, how? Just give me a sense of how you think, real quick, Brady's style of play is going to be given Arian's history of airing it out and Brady's uh, position in his career now? Uh, I, I mean, I, I do think they're going to throw the ball. Um, but I think they have okay, – like, they're going to throw the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I, sure. I mean, you, like Joe Joe said that, you know, he had only had one great receiver, Tom Brady – or not Tom Brady, Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady's not a great receiver. See Super Bowl where they lost to the Eagles and he dropped that pass. Um Brady threw 50 touchdown passes when he had uh, Randy Moss. So I think, I think you can still air it out. I think it, it all depends on trust with him. Like we've heard that he wouldn't throw to certain receivers last year because they didn't trust them. So 
as mm-hmm. long as I mean that's the issue with this offseason is does he have the time to build the trust with uh, uh, Mike Evans with uh, Chris Godwin? Um, it's gonna that's why it's gonna take time. So I think I think the true value in the Bucks is waiting till the season starts and maybe they start like meddling like two and two, like one and three. And I think once we get rolling, as long as they make the playoffs, which I think they will with seven teams, like that's, you know, once you get, you know, close to halfway through the season, you're going to see more value on, on the Bucks. Over nine and a half wins is where the line is right now. Are either of you confident in any direction? Not really. I mean, I took, I like, I followed Terry a bit on his Bucks Super or Super Bowl future. Um, I think I got around like plus 3,500, I think, um, based on the, like, I, I was kind of looking at it. I think it was right. I don't remember if it was right when Brady signed or not, or like right before um, when we were kind of postulating that Brady could go there or not. Um, but like you said, I think that I think that they're going to have a slower start and maybe benefit from having seven teams and make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I mean, because the bet, like because of the bets I have, I'm not looking to bet the Bucks um, win no. total. I I think nine wins is about right. So if anything, I'd probably lean lean the under. Um, mm-hmm. But I think again, the value is like they play the Saints week one, and I think that's a game. The Saints historically are fucking awful in week one two years ago dominic and i were in a a, a big <laughs> survivor pool we picked the saints against the ryan fitzpatrick bucks and we lost in week one um so there's some history there but i think you wait after week one you see i think the saints are are probably going to take it to take it to the bucks just because they have your breeze are bringing everyone back um, Tom Brady's again a new quarterback in in with new weapons. So wait till week one. Wait till the Saints beat the Bucks. The Saints or the Bucks numbers are going to jump up. Odds are going to jump up, and I, I think that's when if you're looking to bet a Bucks or make a Bucks bet, that's that's when you take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm like, not now. Yeah, I'm not confident either way. I think nine nine and a half is probably right where they are. Um, I can't see Brady with this makeup of a team winning anything less than eight games. And I think they're probably going to be a nine or 10 win team. So I think the line's perfect. Bucks actually knocked me out last year too, beating the Rams uh, oh, in yeah, LA. They did. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. When the Rams Rams were four and to start the year yeah. and then just absolutely threw an egg to the, uh, to the bucks moving on to the saints. Um, the saints are, and we, again, the lines are right now, Saints are around even money to now minus 120, 130. Bucks are probably, depending on the book, plus 130, plus 150. Uh, the Saints at even money has been, after going through all of these teams, has been the biggest head scratcher to me just simply because the Saints are, I think, the most complete team in football on every side of the ball, every facet of the game. They just grayed out tremendously in terms of PFF individual ratings, DVOA. They were a very good team on both sides of the ball last year. They won six more games in the Bucks last year. They bring everybody back, and they're still laying uh, even money right now, plus 100 on BetMGM. Let, tell me a world in which – or pick, you know, paint me the picture of a world in which the Saints 
now, especially with bringing Jameis Winston on, having Taysom Hill, even if Breeze gets injured, paint me a picture in which the Bucks win this division. Paint him a picture, Joe, like one of your French girls. Um, I think the way that you have to look at it is you're gonna you're just injecting probably the greatest quarterback of all time into an offense, and you know they don't have a learning curve, and they pick up right away. Um, I, I think that's that's really the narrative because the Bucks defense is fine. Um, and I think maybe, maybe Drew Brees loses a couple yards on his passes, loses a little zip on his throws. He's getting older too. Um, and you know, maybe Drew Brees regresses a little bit more than Brady does this year. I think that's, that's the narrative really, because I think that if you actually look at it, uh, New Orleans had a better defense in terms of yards per game allowed than the Bucks by mm-hmm. about 20 yards. And, uh, in terms of average scoring margin last year, the saints were, uh, sixth best in the NFL. So you're, I think you're looking for no learning curve on the part of Brady. Um, and then also, uh, regression from the, from Drew Brees. Yeah. I, on the regression point, Brees was the best PFF, uh, in terms of PFF individual grades was the best quarterback in football last year. Uh, Brady, I think was like 13th or 14th, obviously the offensive issues. It's, it's a, a lot to do with your surroundings your situation but um i can see a world in which breeze steps back uh but to me i have the saints rated higher than the bucks in every facet on defense run defense pass rush coverage they add malcolm jenkins to the mix should be very very efficient in terms of in the box defending uh add something in terms of run defense and coverage and their offensive line, they draft Cesar Ruiz first pick, inject some youth into that offensive line. But this whole team is coming back. They only added good pieces. And I think the Jameis Winston pick uh, pickup is actually a very good thing for this team because you give just another facet of football to this franchise. You give Winston on a one-year deal, has the opportunity to learn what it's like to be in a winning franchise. And if the Saints – I. Even last year, they had that complete meltdown in Minnesota in the playoffs in the divisional round and or in the in the wild card round. And I liked the Saints even back then to probably make it out of the NFC. And this is not really a playoff podcast. I have taken the Saints to win the Super Bowl in the futures market. Um, I think I got it at 14, I got it at 14 to one. I didn't take them last year. I didn't like I, – I just think that Sean Payton and this team, with how good it is, I think there's a lot of value because I think they are – I have them as the best team in football, above the Chiefs and above the Ravens. And the gap between that I have between the Saints and the Bucks is higher than any other division except for the Chiefs over the Raiders in that division. And we'll get to the AFC West, to probably our last podcast in the series. But I just think there is tremendous value on the Saints at plus 100. I, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I have the Bucks futures, but I think the Saints win this division. So, if I'm getting plus money on them, I, I, I would take it. Uh, I don't believe in the Panthers. We haven't gotten to them yet, and I don't believe in the Falcons. Again, we haven't yeah. To them. Um, but what the Saints have are the two best backup quarterbacks in football. We got Jameis Winston. We got Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, which I mean. 
what he's played every position everyone loves him why is there a first round tender on him i don't understand hey maybe they got something cooking up uh and and they're gonna throw out some bizarre schemes this year and really lean on him i mean even in that division uh in that wild card playoff game last year Taysom Hill was probably the most efficient quarterback the Saints had in that game. They moved the ball when he was in the game, and Bree struggled. And I think that no. I think that Peyton, I think that teams are catching on that you can't have just one quarterback and expect to cover all your bases when it comes to the playoffs because you have to win those games, and you have to. And you saw with you, the Eagles last if year. Everyone has one quarterback. No, I'm saying in terms of spending capital or really investing money in a backup backup or a quarterback like Taysom Hill. I wouldn't be surprised if teams start doing that, but like the Eagles did this year where they drafted a quarterback with the second round pick, even, um, even with having Carson Wentz as like a top 10 quarterback quarterback in the league, Joe's giants bias aside, (laughs) I think that the saints have everything covered like i do not see a world in which this team just blows up and has a eight nine win season like i think they're automatic 10 win team and i think that again plus money and i don't want i don't want to spend too much time on the saints because i really have nothing bad to say about them but anything more on the saints before we move to the bottom two teams this division? no but Taysom hill has thrown 13 passes in his career that's all okay but i'd like them to win the division Falcons won seven games last year. Dan Quinn is still the head coach. Still. <laughs> Division winner uh, odds for the Falcons, plus 900, probably around plus 800 to 10 to 1, depending on your book. They are a little higher in the odds than the Panthers, so we'll start with them first. Won seven games last year again. Um and they're basically running the same thing back. Terry, are, is there any reason to like the Falcons, who have probably been the most volatile team to bet on the last two or three years? Um, they definitely. I think they got. It's such a loaded question because yes, on paper, yes, I would. I you should bet on them. Looking at them, yes, they they got better on defense and they got better on offense. Uh, Matt Ryan won MVP. They have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. They just signed, uh, what's his name? Todd Gurley, or traded for Todd Gurley. Whatever they did. Um, Signed. So everything is like, oh, yeah. And their defense improved throughout the year. So, yes, it's like, oh, yeah, you should bet on them. But ah, I just – it's – Sounds so stupid, but ever since they lost that Super Bowl, they just haven't been right. They've lost their – it's just intangible stuff. They, have, they don't have confidence. And they have, they have Dan Quinn as their coach still, which like I, I think they just need a new head coach. And I would – if they had a new head coach, I would 100% bet on them. Yeah, I, I think this team's volatility, like, is probably the, the their biggest range in the NFL. Like, you can – maybe the Rams is, is another team like this – this year where I could see them winning four games and I mean, less with the Rams. I don't think McVay gets fired, even if they have a, a bad year to start, yeah. but like, but if Quinn starts out, Oh, and four, or one and five, like very good chance. He's done. And could that I be could, your best bet. It, I, I, but I could also see on the, on the opposite side of things, I could see them 
finishing off where they left off last year, where they had a strong finish to the season high, and, yeah. and they just pick back up where they left off. Like we've said on, the, on this pod, these podcasts, a lot of continuity with this team. And that's a plus if you're looking at how to project teams in this COVID off season. And there could be a world in which they win 10 games, 11 games and surprise. Like the talent is there, like Terry said, but I just think that the range is so high and so low, like I don't want to touch this team. But how, how um, do you like if if you're if you're the owner, if you're the GM, Dimitrioff, author blank, like how do you how do you look at this team, see them go to the Super Bowl and not think like, oh my God, we went to the Super Bowl because of Shanahan? Like, how do you still have Quinn as a head coach? I mean, you're you're very right. <laughs> I mean, especially now, like especially after and I, I don't know whether I think they made the Dan Quinn decision like early on like i think they said they were bringing him back like week 17 yeah, yeah they did in the middle of the season yeah and middle, but and i you know obviously that gives a vote of confidence to the coaching and the, and the players to say like okay yeah we believe in you guys you're gonna do this again but after watching what shanahan did with the 49ers and dominating the nfc playoffs and, and coming up short in the super bowl you're right i don't know how you're the owner of the gm and you don't look at that falcons team in uh, 2017 or 2018 when they won, when they went to the Super Bowl, and not think that was all Kyle Shanahan's offensive schemes. Yeah, I, very good. If if you, if you have Matt Ryan and you have Julio Jones and Julio Jones, what scored one touchdown or what was it? One, a red zone or didn't yeah. score a touchdown in the red zone all year? Like mm-hmm. what? How? Like. Wh- I can't. I have no words. He's one of the best wide receivers of all time. Yeah. In in terms of betting this team, uh, the blow potential is here. So if you think the Falcons are a prime, you know, a prime candidate to either have Dan Quinn be the first coach fired, which which is probably other than Gus Bradley with the Jaguars, is probably the next in line in terms of if a team gets off to a slow start, like he's had the longest leash and he's going to be cut. But they're also, if you believe in them, like I think there's value on them to finish second in the division. If the Bucks thing just doesn't work out or Brady gets injured and that's at plus five twenty five on that MGM, but the over under on the Falcons is seven and a half with under seven and a half, having minus one thirty in juice. Any, what are your thoughts on the over-under and do you lean any way um, on that over-under? What was it again? Seven and a half? Seven and a half with juice on the under. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably looking at the under. Um, I don't, like, I tend, I tend to agree. Like, I don't, I'm not compelled by them. And they also lost, you know, they lost two offensive weapons, obviously, in, you know, Sanu and Hooper over the course of the season. And I think the or and I think that Gurley is just I think Gurley's overrated. I think he's got I, I I think that if I wait Todd Gurley oh, whoa, is wait. not on my draft list. Dominic. Yes. Please be quiet. <laughs> Joseph or Delara, I don't know your middle name. T uh, T Delara just said that a running back named Todd Gurley was overrated. No, I mean, I think he is. I think there's a lot of name value associated with him. 
Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that he's been that good. Like, I don't, I don't think that injecting him into a Tampa offense, like they lost, uh, they let Freeman go in free agency. And I don't think that Gurley is definitively better than Freeman. Um, yeah, so I, I, I liked when, when Gurley got traded I, or got cut and was signed by the Falcons. I liked the move for the Rams more than the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I mean, I understand, like, I understand it. Like, and you're hoping that his ceiling is high, but I don't know if he can get that high with knees like that. So I think the first five games for the Falcons are going to be extremely telling because of the short lease for Quinn. Like I think if yeah. they go, if they go one and four in this first five games, like I think. And I think fired. that they do, I think they do have a sense of continuity in Atlanta, like in terms of the quarterback and your top two wide receivers, you do have it. Like you, you, there's no reason that they can't perform well, at least at the beginning of the season. Like there's not a learning curve for a quarterback, like in, uh, like for the Bucks, you mm-hmm. know, um, and if they don't perform well, which I don't really think they will, uh, I think you're looking at this under. Yeah, they start home versus Seattle, which again remind me when this first week one NFL podcast comes, and I'm loving the Falcons because they're a home dog. Uh, just remind me of this podcast yeah. at Dallas week the second. The better two. birds at Dallas week two, home versus Chicago at green bay monday night those are the first four games yeah. uh and and i think i the, a two and two is very easily done there so i i still think seven and a half is a good number and i i don't feel any type of way about it terry what do you think uh i yeah i'm i feel the same way as you i see them as probably an eight and 18 but i i would lean the under um you just touched on the first few games of the season i'm looking at the back half after their bye week which uh, the nfl is just cruel to them they go (laughs) they go at saints um raiders and then they do the the two the same team in three weeks type deal in the division Back and then against the Saints, so it goes Saints, Raiders, Saints at Chargers, and then it goes Bucks at Kansas City at Bucks. So no love, Goodell's office towards uh, the Falcons. So that's that seems like some. It seems like a Falcons team that could you know have some hope going into the bye week, and then they kind of just yeah four four games and. Four games in seven weeks against the Saints, and then a Bucks team at the end of the season where they probably are going to be hot and have figured things out. It's it's not great. Yeah. Moving on, moving on to the Panthers. Won five games last year. Hired Matt Rule as the new head coach from Baylor. Um, this team is plus eighteen hundred to win the division. Uh, I think I've seen it at twenty to one in some places. I'm not touching the division odds on the Panthers. I think the ceiling for this team is low, but it would not surprise me with a new head coach um, that's viewed as like an offensive innovator uh, to have a season in which they overperform, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, who I like. Terry, what are your initial thoughts on the Panthers? Their over under is five and a half with some juice on the over. So betters are kind of agreeing with that take. What was the over under? Five and a half and it's minus one fifteen. I, I'm not a fan. I'm selling on the, the Panthers this year. They got Teddy checked down. Nothing annoys me more than just quarterbacks. I check it down and do not take risks at all. Um, as we just, I mean, a very, call me a hypocrite after our discussion about James Winston, but I don't really care. Uh, um, and they have Matt Rule, Gruel, Rule, Matt Rule, uh, head coach uh, from Baylor. 
first, you know, first time NFL head coach, you know, very weird offseason offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who made Joe Burrow into the Joe Burrow. We all know now Heisman Trophy winner. Again, he's what, 31, 32 years old. Never mm-hmm. coach has never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. It's I think this is this is a hire from a new owner that is in it for the the long haul. I I don't see them winning very many games. Who's to say that, you know, they're not they're not sucking for a hometown boy in Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, uh, I, 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 in a, in a team, in a division with, you know, possibly three good teams, the Panthers are not one of them. A lot yeah. of rook, a lot of rookies on this team too, especially on defense. It seems that they believe that McCaffrey and Bridgewater can kind of help, help them tread water offensively. And even though their line is pretty bad, and offensively, in terms of weapons, there's McCaffrey and there's DJ Moore, and there's really nothing else. Yeah. Um, but defensively, we kind of touched on this in our NFC North podcast with the Vikings. They're bringing in a ton of rookies, probably going to have a tough time implementing them into any type of system, especially off the bat. So it could be a, a bit of a learning curve there. Um, but it's the team is just not good on paper. But again, um, I, I look at it as – new head coach and a three-year contract for Bridgewater indicates to me that they're not tanking other, you know, compare that with the Jaguars who kept on Gus Bradley and kept Gardner Minshew, even though he's probably not a franchise quarterback long-term and with a, with a strong quarterback class again this year, you know, the Panthers are a good contender to be in that top three top four to get those quarterbacks but i just think that the 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 ceiling's probably a bit higher than a team like the jaguars but again we're talking we're talking bottom of the league teams so it's not like don't read into what i'm saying there's still there's still a five win team or you know, six win team or less i'm loving uh, the panthers <laughs> joe any thoughts on the panthers um mccaffrey is probably your best argument for with with McCaffrey being your best argument for running backs actually mattering in this league. Yeah. I mean, uh, McCaffrey's nasty, but I don't think, I think part of what Terry said is important in terms of McCaffrey, because the way you're going to scheme with Bridgewater is you're going to prepare for checkdowns. You're going to be, you're not expecting deep throws. I think you're going to be seeing a lot more, um, you know, loading up the box. And I think the the defense is basically going to say, let Bridgewater beat us. You know, and I don't think that Bridgewater is a quarterback that's really capable of necessarily airing it out, opening up the defense and giving McCaffrey for work. Um, and, you know, you can kind of you've kind of seen it with other uh, like transcendent running back talents uh, where without a good quarterback, they can do they can only do so much, um, especially if the Panthers who gave up the second most points in the league per game last year, basically 30 points a game. You're just like, you can let McCaffrey run and get out in space, but to what extent is he going to be really be able to? I agree. Uh, I think they doubled down by giving McCaffrey his extension and getting Bridgewater, who's great at throwing to running backs. But when usually, if you look at history of the NFL, when your running back is the highest person that's paid on your team, I said that very strangely. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's high as shit. Yeah, it's 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 not 
It's not good. Running backs, they're a dime a dozen. That's the NFL. Yeah. To finish fourth in the in the NFC South, Panthers are minus two fifty, so not even any value there. I do think the Falcons have some blow up potential, but I just can't put a finger on them. So I think I'm passing everything with the Panthers. I might actually entertain the under there at five and a half. Um, any last thoughts on the over under about the Panthers before we go into our best bets? No, not really. No, I would lean the under as well. Yeah, but I would, you know, it's not enough to really jump at it. No, not um, no. Best bets, NFC South, I'll lead it off this time. Plus 100 Saints on Bet MGM, my favorite future of the entire NFL offseason. Um, I think it's absurd that this is plus money. Um, still, it was plus 125, I think, earlier um, in the month. And I think people are kind of coming around to the fact that the Saints are a very deep team. Uh, probably likely going to be a top two team fighting for that first round buy that now only the number one team in the conference gets. But I think that there is uh, really no roadmap for the Saints to lose this division. So Saints plus 100, bet MGM, write it down, book it, put the farm on. Write it down. <laughs> Terry, Terry, you go. I'm going? Yes. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think they win in division. Uh, I guess my best bet would be it's so chalky. I want to take the Bucks minus 250 to make the playoffs, but that's what I'm going to take. I think the Bucks make the playoffs. I think they're going to come on strong towards the end of the year. I have the future, I have the Super Bowl on them 50 to 1. So, I'll take, I'll, it's just, I'm just trying to will them to make the playoffs just so I can. What's um? What's where? Where's minus two fifty? What book? That is a points bet. So I'll take yeah. So I'll take the bucks minus two fifty to make playoff. Yeah, I mean you got to have some winners in your portfolio, some guaranteed yeah, ones. No, so I you mean, know, don't 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 be don't be ashamed I, to take I, some juice. I know. I I love seeing the plus next to it. I'm just <laughs> I'm not diversifying my portfolio. That's my 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 advice. So you're up. So I tend to agree with both of you. I think that the Bucks and the Saints are the best teams in this division. And I, like I said, I don't think that the Panthers are anything to write home about. So I'm going to take the Falcons to finish third, minus 105 on Bet MGM. I think that their ceiling is pretty capped, but they have enough offensive talent to, you know, lead them past the Panthers, at least in terms of the division. All right. Interesting bet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who Quickly, who wins the division and then we'll end the podcast? Uh, Saints. Terry? He's he's off right now, but he said the Saints. Okay, and I'll, I'll go the Saints. Um, tune in for our next episode where we go into the AFC South, a division that um, has been notoriously hard to predict and we look forward to talking to you then. Stay tuned for the next episode of our NFL Summer Preview Series on the Oddscast Podcast. Signing off. Hope, uh, hope the week turns out a little bit better for you and this country. Thanks. <laughs> God bless. And fuck the boys in blue. Fuck them all. Fuck 12, fuck 12. Fuck 12, fuck 12.